Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the waters of baptism, we have passed over from death to life with Jesus Christ, and we are a new creation. For this saving mystery and for this water, let us bless God, who was, who is, and who is to come. We thank you, God, for your river of life flowing freely from your throne through the earth, through the city, through every living thing. You rescued Noah and his family from the flood. You opened wide the sea for the Israelites. Now in these waters, you flood us with mercy, and our sin is drowned forever. You open the gate of righteousness, and we pass safely through. In Jesus Christ, you calm and trouble the waters. You nourish us and enclose us in safety. You call us forth and send us out. In lush and barren places, you are with us. You have become our salvation. Now breathe upon this water and awaken your church once more. Claim us again as your beloved and holy people. Quench our thirst, cleanse our hearts, wipe away every tear. To you, our beginning and our end, our shepherd and lamb, be honor, glory, praise, and thanksgiving, now and forever. Amen. Now it's time for our children's message. So we talked about this a little bit around Christmas, but did everybody here know that Easter is 50 days? It's a long time to celebrate so much joy. So over the next couple weeks, I wanted to talk about different ways we can keep that joy through the season and remind ourselves that we're still in Easter because we all live very busy lives. And of course, as soon as we're done with Easter morning and brunch, we're moving on to spring cleaning. <laughs> it's time to garden. So this week, I want to talk about reading the Easter story, which is something that I never practiced until I had a kid. And Victoria this year got a new Easter book that tells the story of Easter and not the one about the bunny, the church Easter story, and about that joy that we get from the death and resurrection. And it's a wonderful three-minute book. And we will keep that book out on her shelf that she picks from for the whole Easter season, even though you assume it's just the lead up to Easter and, and that weekend, we'll keep it out to keep that story going. Now, if a children's book is not for you, I have some other suggestions because this story is made for all ages. One, if you're of the age of all the people here are adults, you might be able to just tell the story so I challenge you this week, try to just tell the story and then go back to your Bible and see how close you were. What was that thing that you missed? What was that, that part that you kind of skimmed over because, well, you just didn't read it enough. It didn't stick out to you. It is in the Bible, in every gospel. Um, Matthew, it's in chapter 28. Mark, it's in chapter 16. Luke, it's in chapter 24. And John, it's in chapter 20. You can even just Google the Easter story. There are tons of videos on YouTube and other tellings 
find your favorite book, but I do challenge you this week to read the story or tell the story. Make sure that someone else is hearing the story because we're also called to share the story. Reading the story of Easter through the whole 50 days is a great way to keep the joy in the season and remember the blessing we are given through Christ's death and resurrection. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for the blessing of your son and the story of his sacrifice for us that has been told through the generations. Let us hear the story and be able to keep it alive. Amen. Why don't you invite us to rise as we're able? I already messed it up. everyone has risen according to their desire and ability. First of all, I'd like to point out that I am not Pastor Karen. And as, as anybody who is here regularly knows that Pastor Karen has been up here most Sundays for most of two years, I offered at some point if she would like for me to give the message or preside that I'd be willing. And today is that day. So please bear with me. Today we're, we're going to read, I'm going to read the Gospel of John. It said, the unprecedented events of the day, you could say unprecedented events, no kidding, right? Yeah. Unprecedented events of the day of resurrection continue as the risen Jesus appears to his fearful disciples. A week later, after Thomas worships Jesus, Jesus pronounces that the blessings of the resurrection are also for those who have not seen and yet believe. That's us. The Holy Gospel according to, to John. Glory to you, O Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiving. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who is called the twin, one of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, 
Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. So thank you, thank you um, for Laura, Brad, Lisa, and Pastor for your little uh, an encapsulation of the Senate Assembly. I was uh, I wasn't throwing jelly beans or M and M's at Lisa, but she was awake. I did, I think, take her a cup of coffee and and promised of uh, barbecued ribs if she stayed awake. That may have had something to do with it. Laura, I was touched by when you're you're talking about our grieving and change. I like analogies, as you all probably know. But I was thinking about, you know, the analogy of change. Are we a cocoon? Are we the butterfly? Or are we the caterpillar? And I think sometimes we think we're the butterfly and we're yet still in the cocoon. Or sometimes we're in the cocoon thinking we're about to ready to, to become the butterfly, but we're, we're still the fuzzy caterpillar that's making our way. And that kind of speaks our congregation. Where are we? We're moving. It's a cycle. We change. Um, sometimes when we look back, we, we think we might wish we were back to where we were. And when we get to where we're going, we're glad we're not where we were. So... Please pray for yourselves as you're grieving. Pray for your loved ones as you grieve. Give yourselves permission to grieve. And pray for the congregation as we grieve what we have been. And pray for the hope of what we're going to become with some help and guidance. With that, I'm going to to read a sermon that Pastor Shelley Wickstrom, our bishop, wrote for all in the Senate to use today if they wished. We gather in the name of Jesus, the risen Savior, the Creator who raised Him from the dead, the Spirit who gathers us in faith. This weekend, the Alaska Senate is met online in our annual Senate Assembly. Together, we are 30 congregations and three in development. Our congregations span the state from Ketchikan to Shishmaref, from Wales, where you can see Russia from the Parsonage front window, to Delta Junction, where there is a large Ukrainian and Russian immigrant population. Seventy percent of our congregations include members of the Alaska Native Heritage. Until COVID, two of our congregation offered Lutfisk dinners, where Alaskan Lutheran Christians, which means... Extra Tufts and Carhartts are Sunday worship wear alongside pearl necklaces and neckties. I like that. Two years ago, we were figuring out how to worship online Easter two weeks after COVID shutdown 
Across the nation, turnout was huge for that 2020 Easter online worship. Some may have attended out of curiosity to see if we could pull it off. Others were scared about the pandemic with the virus that was new to us. Maybe all of us felt both ways, along with the need to worship the risen Savior. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. I knew I wouldn't have to tell you to do that. <laughs> Faith in Jesus has never seen some magical umbrella that protects us from pain or frustration or sorrow. Trust in Jesus does not protect us from injustice or indifference or a pandemic. But it absolutely shapes how we navigate in the midst of such times and where our hope lies. Doubt, where to place belief, is not limited to 2,000 years ago. We've believed all sorts of things these last two years. Ivermectin, Pfizer, Moderna, election rumors. We've had to learn that hard science keeps us learning and it changes recommendations, which is pretty frustrating when you just want to know who or what to trust and not have that change, but the nature of learning is change. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. On that first Easter evening, when they were hiding behind locked doors, the disciples would have preferred meeting in Zoom. Each of them sequestered in their own homes, keeping a low profile behind locked doors from the Romans and the religious authorities. The Gospel of John tells us that while Thomas has a reputation for doubting, every beloved friend and follower had a hard time believing the resurrection. Mary thought she was talking with the gardener that morning. The other disciples didn't believe Mary. Two of them run to check out her claim for themselves, but they see the wrappings in the tomb, not Jesus. He wasn't there. Jesus appears to have gathered together that Easter night behind their locked door in a way I can't explain, except that when Jesus was in the room with them, they recognized him because of his wounds. We don't know where Thomas was that night, with family, with his twin, or maybe he was looking for the Jesus Mary said was alive, or maybe getting groceries. We don't know. Thomas wasn't there and gives the only reasonable response to what he's told. I'll believe it when I see it. Until I touch those marks and put my hand in the side of the wound in Jesus' side, I will not believe what you are telling me. I saw him. I was there in the shadow of his cross. He's dead. A week later, Jesus joins a community again behind a locked door. But Thomas doesn't need to touch those wounds to believe. My Lord and my God, he professes. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Don't put a bow on this story. The risen Jesus is the wounded Jesus. He doesn't appear to his friends all cleaned up. He's marked by the sign of the cross on his hands his feet, the thorn scratches still on his head, the spear hole still gaping, the whip welts on his back. You believe because you can see me. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe, he tells them. 
The story of doubt and fear and locked doors is told for our sake, for those who didn't walk alongside Jesus then, but want to now with our own version of locked doors. What do we do with doubts? And it's subheading is a Chip Borgstadt 1295 from the Lutheran. Doubt is part of the biblical story. Doubt started with Adam and Eve. They got hooked into wondering if God really meant what he said. Adam doubted God and asked Sarah to pretend to be his sister. Moses doubted his ability to persuade Pharaoh. Jeremiah doubted his maturity and readiness to serve God. Mary is told she will bear the Messiah and ask, how can this be? John the Baptist, after declaring Jesus the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, sent his disciples to ask if Jesus was really the Messiah. God is in the questions as much as in the answers. Not all questions will be answered, yet much will be learned in asking the question and searching for the answer. That is the part of following Jesus. Too often we focus on the hidden part of the mystery and forget that mystery includes the part that is revealed. Sometimes we need to just sit in awe and ponder things. It is a popular temptation to minimize our ordinary pain by saying that it will work, that it will all work out for good. The witness of a bloody, wounded man, Jesus, is that God can work in the midst of anything, good or bad, even death on the cross. The resurrection doesn't take everyone, everything back to normal. Normal is transformed. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Our very lives are transformed by the risen Christ. We can live differently. Can we live differently on this earth? Are we willing to address the iniquities that have surfaced these past years? How might God be transforming us in our ordinary lives for the sake of what God is doing in this world? Can we name what is broken? Racism, Russia invading Ukraine, cancer, climate change, fill in the blanks, and believe that God is at work repairing us too? Christ is risen. Christ, Christ is, is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Nothing can separate us from the love of God we know in Christ Jesus. Nothing. Sometimes it gets messy. God does messy all the places, all the people, all the situations we'd like to avoid. God is in the midst of all of it. Christ is risen. Christ, Christ is, is risen, risen indeed. Hallelujah. The opposite of faith is not doubt, but fear, cynicism, and despair. It is these negative forces that constantly lead our world into violence. It is these negative forces that so often lead to oppression, exploitation, and abuse of those we fear. To commit to hope and this life of faith, then, is a subversive and confrontational act, as the disciples discovered. The resurrection of Jesus declares that death, virus, fear, evil do not have the last word. In the resurrection of Jesus, God has the punchline. 
Death has no power over us. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. So these same words were read through probably most of 30 congregations this morning. And thank you to Shelley. Uh, <laughs> that's what happens when you, when you add Shelley, Wickstrom, and Bishop all together <laughs> uh, for her words. Something I heard while listening to the uh, assembly yesterday was when, when, the Holy, when the Holy Spirit was referred to as stubborn. I like that. Parting words. Thank you. Let us confess together. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, True God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Set free from captivity to sin and death, we pray to the God of resurrection for the church, people in need, and all of creation. Holy One, who acts righteously, equip your church as witnesses of your goodness to go and tell others of your abundant love, that they may believe that Jesus is our salvation and life. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Renew your people's commitment to use resources responsibly and to live well with your creation. Invite us to recognize and nurture signs of resurrection life in the natural world. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Direct those who are given human authority to lead with humility and compassion. By your Holy Spirit, channel their attention towards serving those who are most in need. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Uphold your children who cry out to you, especially those enduring attacks and those fleeing Ukraine. Wherever people are overcome by the fear of death, breathe into them your life and peace. God, in your mercy, hear her. Give us the words of your saints who, like Thomas, boldly confess your Son as Lord and God. 
With Jesus, our leader, empower us to live according to his ways. God, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. In your mercy, O God, respond to these prayers and renew us by your life-giving spirit through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which is helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC Food Pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. Let us pray. Living God, you gather the wolf and the lamb to feed together in your peaceable reign, and you welcome us all at your table. Reach out to us through this meal and show us your wounded and risen body that we may be nourished and believe in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The mission of Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people. God, the author of life, Christ, the living cornerstone, and the life-giving spirit of adoption, bless you now and forever. Amen.
Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ, Christ is, is risen, risen indeed. Alleluia. Go in peace. Tell what God has done. Thanks be to God. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 930. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.